Um, hold on. What job is this for again? Welcome to Work Life Unbalanced. This tasty podlet is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions and Oracle Public Sector from the CPS HR Consulting Studios. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Today we're talking about interviewing and when people come in and they don't know where they are. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what some good things you can do to kind of prepare for an interview. So obviously when you, when someone comes in to interview, there's generally a screening process that happened prior to that interview. Correct. Um, I guess explain to me uh, what your typical screening process is, first of all. Let's start there. Um, usually we get an application. Um, you know, these days you get an online application. You might get a resume. You might get a cover letter to see if the person um, has experience that is going to be able to perform the duties that you're looking for. So based on that, um, we usually narrow it down depending on the level. Um, more entry-level positions, you get like a bigger pool of candidates, I would say. And then as you go up through your executive level, um, the pool gets smaller, so you're probably scrutinizing it a little bit more. And how much, I guess, let's go just numbers-wise, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, let's say for an average position that you have, what number of applications do you get or resumes do you end up getting? Well, it really depends, especially in in, in, in the public sector, because not to date myself, but back when I was doing recruitment um, in some of the larger state agencies, it wouldn't be uncommon to get literally a couple thousand applicants for our entry-level positions. And when I worked for LA County, depending on the position, like for firefighter, for example, we would have 5,000 candidates. For some other positions, like when you get up to, let's say, department head level, the air gets a little more rare. So maybe you're dealing with, you know, 10 or less, 10 or less candidates by then. Okay. So in the, in the larger ones, and then, and then what percentage end up getting an interview? Um, that's another good question because I, I, I got a, a, an email the other day from, from NeoGov and it talked about the application process because I think there's this perception that you have to have, you know, 500 applicants to find one good one. You know, it's like if I get two people and one of them is amazing, then two people was my magic number for that. So statistically, um, they sent me an inf- infographic that says you really need about 25 applicants and then you narrow that down to 10 eligible candidates you move nine of those forward, you'll interview two to three of those and then make an offer to your ideal candidate. And I like those statistics. That doesn't always play out, you know, exactly as it should, but you really are looking to find the the right fit. It's not, hey, let me talk to 40 people so I can get 40 different types of feelings or, you know, try to go in 40 different directions, but to keep your pool small and focused. And that's why um, having a good job bulletin, having good information out there will kind of reap good candidates coming in the door. So as you're looking at all these resumes and kind of evaluating candidates, um, do you rank them in your head? I do, <laughs> you know, because I think, oh, this one, you know, this one could be a nice little, okay, good little fit, yes. And how often is that ranking correct? Well, I consider that my superpower because I think every, but I think also everybody looks good on paper. So that's why the interview is so important because people can write whatever. They may have had someone else write their cover letter and resume for them, and it may not be what they bring into the interview. So there needs to be that alignment between what I think you're 
doing on paper, you know, and what you're going to bring to the party versus what you actually bring on interview day. So I don't know if you kind of danced around this or not, but uh, (laughs) what I'm trying to say is, do you have a rank order in your head for these people? And what percentage of the time is that rank order correct where the number one is the one that gets hired? Um, I, I would say I'm pretty good at that because I, I kind of read between the lines even when it's the written thing. 50%? Um, no, I'm better than that. 75? I like to think. Um, again, it depends. Like if I'm dealing with a smaller number, I would say I'm probably batting about about 800 maybe. Like so it, like eighty percent of the time I'm like okay. This so why the top why do they even need to interview then? Because I still need to see what if what you're bringing to me in person substantiates what I think of you in my head. <laughs> you know how it is. It's like it's like anytime it's like online dating. You know where it's just kind of like okay, well I read your profile and all right, you know can't wait till Saturday, and then it's wah wah wah. You know when you actually meet the person in in, in real life, and it's the same thing with interviewing. You know, I'm hoping you meet my expectations. Yeah. So basically write your resume in a way that's reflective of, of how you're going to interview. Is there a way to get around that from an interviewee standpoint or a resume standpoint? Is it, can you grow, can you grow into a maybe larger resume than your interview? Well, you don't want to overstate, you know, what you're, what you're, capable of doing or the person that you are, but you want it to be the best representation of you on paper and in person. So if I get an interview for a position and mm-hmm. let's say I'm um, typically, how many people are you going to interview for one position? Maybe five. Maybe. Um, well, let's use yours as an example, you know, so since you're relatively Wonderful. new with us, you know, you've been here with us for less I feel like every <laughs> single podcast we do, it's I know, like, we talk about your job like, and we talk I, about my dating life. I get I know, picked on. I know. Yeah. Um, I would say um, we interviewed maybe seven people, but we started with a pool. Okay. Well, was that I, number no, one from the beginning? No, but Damn. check it out. But um, I would, I'll, I'll tell you another. Okay. I'll use someone else as an example. <laughs> Um, oh, now it's we getting awkward. Had our executive assistant, she retired last year. We had over 120 applicants for one position and narrowed that down to about 50. I went through um, and we got it down to about 30 something and then put them in rank order, like one, two, three, four, five. But like each group of one had more than one candidate. So out of the top candidates, I want to say there was 10 to 12 people in that in, in like, say, the first, you know, premier rank or whatever. Got that down to about seven people. They came in for an interview, and my top choice versus my co-panelist top choice, we didn't think we didn't think the same person was the number one candidate. But this person had been my ace since seeing her resume, and she now works with us. So shout out to Dana. You know, she was <laughs> she was my you know my 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 number one throughout the whole process because she really. Um, represented herself well on paper and also the interactions I had with her and then the interviews that I had with her, I felt comfortable moving her forward to my CEO. So do you think the interview wins the job or doesn't lose the job? (laughs) (laughs) It functions as both really. I mean, 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 are you playing to win? Are you paying like not to lose? Yeah. Just Um, to like, okay, uh, I just have to not screw it up. um, It's a little bit of both because you know, if you read certain research, people tell you that the panelists make up their minds in the first five minutes. So, you know, how you come in, how you come dressed, how you represent yourself is just kind of like, you know, you're putting out a vibe, like the first few minutes. But 
that's where it becomes really important on the panelist side to be very to 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 scrutinize everything and ask questions and hope that the interviewee asks questions because if you are too far out of alignment with what I thought was going on on paper then you know that could be problematic because it's like mm, you really don't have the experience you said that you did or sometimes people will come in like I can think of a couple people that are on my staff right now where their resumes were I was like you don't even have a degree in anything HR related but they're amazing so really the interview is a opportunity for you to express how your education experience, you know, vibe aligns with what that position is, what those people are really looking for. Um, I guess from a tips standpoint, mm-hmm. um, I know you have a couple of these here written on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So, and you've been interviewing all day today. I have, for the last two days, actually. <laughs> Which you probably have some stories <laughs> about what not to do yes. uh, from, <laughs> from... From a real-time standpoint. Yeah, and I guess getting in the head of somebody that's been interviewing all day. Mm-hmm. At this point in the day, we're at, you know, three o'clock or so. Mm-hmm. What, what do you value most in an interviewee? Um, and how do you prefer them to present themselves uh, to win? I want to feel like you, first of all, know where you are, you know, not like, hey, what is this interview about again? Um, And really have practiced what you're going to say in the interview based on what was in the job description or what you think the job is about. But you don't sound rehearsed because there's a, a, a misconception where when you ask, you know, your first introductory questions, which are usually tell us about your background, that you have to talk for 20 minutes about everything that you've ever done. And 20 minutes later, if you're still on question one, you know, we're, we're not really going to get down to, and you don't have to get down to the nitty gritty of everything you've ever done under the sun. Think of some success stories that you can talk about during the interview that are succinct and think about some mistakes or some, you know, lessons learned because you'll be questioned about those as well. And don't drive yourself crazy because you can't remember a script because then it seems like you're giving off a vibe where you're confused or I didn't hear the question or can you ask me that that again? And it just adds to the nervousness because where everybody's already keyed up, you know, when you're going to an interview on both sides of the table. So you want to do as much as you can to kind of just, you know, bring a little sense of peace to it. So do you kind of keep a scorecard in your head um, with regards to like how people are performing or what, or what they're doing. For example, uh, let's say we have an interview scheduled for 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I show up at 10, 10. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you start docking points? Or are you just yes. like, yes. Oh, heck no. And, and is there, beyond is time. <laughs> beyond time? Did I say beyond time? I'm sorry. Listen, yes. there was traffic. <laughs> right. I couldn't, there was traffic. Well, to me, it's you have to think of your first impression. Like I said, you know, people make their start to draw conclusions about you within the first five minutes. So my thing is, if I have a 10 o'clock interview, I'm shooting for 945, you know, to just get there figure out where I am, figure out what floor they're on, the building, you know, if there's construction, if there's police activity on the freeway, if there's traffic, if there's weather, whatever, so that I have a little window to just breathe deeply before I have to go in there at 10. If the panel is running late and I get there early and they don't see me until 10, 10, 10, 15, 10, 20, that's fine. As long as I'm not late, then it's cool. But, you know, there's always something going on. So you want to prepare yourself because that also sends a message to your panel. So part of that message, right, is visual. Um, 
how should people present themselves visually, fashion-wise? Fashion-wise. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a fashion girl, but I'm just expecting you to put, you know, your your best foot forward. If that means you need to borrow a suit from, you know, somebody or borrow whatever, then let's do that. But just make sure your basics are covered. Um, you know, fresh breath, combed hair, just really a good presentation that you're, you're bringing because you want – that panel to see you at your best to make that good first impression. So you don't have to go out and spend $3,000 on a suit or whatever, but whatever you're wearing, make sure it's clean, <laughs> that it fits. <laughs> and you know, that you're coming in like you, you meant to be there. And then at the end of the interview, always um, the interview question of, do you have any questions about our organization? Do you have any questions about- Do you have any questions for us? Do you have any questions for us? If I'm all, nah, I'm good. <laughs> what does but, that say to you? <laughs> well, it's, it's, first of all, I always, when I coach people on interviews, I always, you always have supplemental questions. Always, there's, without exception. Even if you're just asking, what's the next step? When are you going to, when are you looking to fill the position? Think of something that either came up during the interview or something that you prepared previously so that you can kind of follow up with that. Because, in 20, 30 minutes, you're not really going to cover everything under this sun. And so you, even if you just go back and reiterate, you know, I just wanted to reiterate, I feel like I'm a good fit for this position. You don't want to go too deep, like, hey, so what's your vacation policy? You know, and because it's like you're trying to get time off and you don't even work here yet, you know. So we're, we're, we're keyed up and excited about you being here. I want people to ask questions that really show that they're interested in that position at that organization, you know. So there's always something to ask. What do you think about people mentioning compensation type stuff during interviews? If it's the first interview, we're not there yet. You know, I do salary negotiations um, for for public service. Most of our salaries are published with the job description. But when it comes to the negotiation and, you know, you coming in the door, we're not really there yet. So I never ask people that question until I have an offer out there. Awesome. So if you could just give me... Just give me a quick five tips as we kind of close this sucker quick out here. five tips. Um, I would say know where you are. So ha please do your research on the organization and, you know, what you can find out about them, whether it's on the Internet, people you know that work there, um, any experience that you've had with them, get that done. Um, Second, I would say be prepared, <laughs> you know, be on, be on time, um, prepare for the worst possible thing. I remember I was going to court once to testify as an expert witness and three cars crashed right in front of me, you know, so luckily I had a little window and I literally got there right at 10 o'clock, even though I planned on being there at 930 and the judge was like, thank you for being on time. And I'm thinking you have no idea. Um, Make sure that you have, the third thing I would say is to practice, but don't sound rehearsed so that those successes and, and things are fresh in your mind when you come in. Um, fourth, always ask supplemental questions. <laughs> There's always something to show your interest, you know, to say, okay, I'm here, but I want you to know how excited I am. So I'm interested in knowing more about something maybe we didn't cover in the interview. And lastly, I would say, if you don't get the job, don't feel bad because a lot of um, people will send me thank you notes or They'll say, well, you know, I, I thought I interviewed well, but I didn't get the position. And it's not that you have to change anything. It's that you're looking for, the panelist is looking for an overall fit. So maybe you have the technical 
um, aspect down, but you don't have as much experience as a different candidate had. And we brought in a different candidate. It's not usually, you know, I'm for me, it's nothing personal when somebody, you know, reaches out and says, well, can you give me some information? And I'm like, you did great. You know, there was just somebody who, you know, may have edged you out because it was more along the lines of what we were looking for. Thank you for listening to Work Life Unbalanced. I'm Jason Lichney. I'm Regina Romeo. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Learn more at WLUBradio.com. Thank you.